A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Welcome to Work Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. Like a horrifyingly misshapen phoenix from the ashes, I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. Oh no, you can't make a phoenix reference too. I literally have a phoenix reference in my fucking show notes. Oh no. God Damn it, I am your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. Oh. Well, what was your Phoenix reference? It wasn't better, but... Oh. Oh. It was my lead-in to the to the deep dive. Well, that, oh. that's fine. We can have two Phoenix references. <laughs> two Phoenix. We can have two Phoenix. Okay, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> the, the plural of Phoenix is Phoenix. <laughs> oh. So today, we'll be discussing getting a new job in the deep dive before we answer an audience question and an issue from the internet. But first... Let me start by saying how wonderful it is for you to be my co-worker once again, Franklin Eastman. I, I am enjoying it quite a bit, although for for the listeners at home, today was my first day at uh, the place that... Derek works, and now that I work as well, so thank you to everyone that was concerned about my employment uh, status. It, it has turned out for the best, I suppose. Although I will say it's probably going to get a little bit old when uh, every time you go into a meeting and I'm kind of like hanging off your leg a little There's bit. There's that. I mean... I, I think th they're probably going to have to address that, but for now, I'm definitely enjoying... Um, Hanging on to my big buddy. The the weeping and and sort of the tears of happiness. It was a little difficult to continue my meetings. <laughs> Me just off to the side, just weeping, just tearing through boxes of Kleenex. Just filled with overwhelming joy at my return. It was it was fairly interesting because we do like not only are we working in the same building again, but we're working on the same floor. And I was in a meeting, like my first meeting, when, when Derek showed up to the office late. <laughs> On time. Late, appropriately timed. <laughs> my ass had been there for an hour. Well, that's because you had onboarding. They they tell you when to show up when it's your first day. I They stopped telling me when to show up uh, like a month ago. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I show up... My manager works on a different floor, so... Right. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Look, I if somebody wanted me to show up at, like, 9 in the morning, they have to set stand-up at 9 in the morning. And Guess, what, guess when stand-up is for my teams, Derek? When is that? 9 in the morning. See? The devil's back in Georgia. <laughs> maybe maybe i wish too hard a little a little too hard <laughs> anyway uh what do you have for me for the daily stand-up frank all right so i know that you've been working on your fitness and i've been working on a little bit of weight loss what i wanted to give you was a message of body positivity okay and i'm for this oh baby um, <laughs> this, so if, if, for, for the people at home, the, the screenshot that I'm getting is a beautiful bearded, uh, bespectacled <laughs> ginger hairy man. Okay. I don't think that we want to have a live play <laughs> of me watching this video, but there are there are many okay the the video is uh looking 
by a guy named Big Dipper. And yep. it is it starts off with many uh overweight men looking very sexy in their booty shorts, uh kind of smacking each other. I think and rubbing, I think officially in this instance down. they are classified as bears, Derek. Bears, yes. Yes. I mean you you would think that that I would be familiar with the term bear as that is my my closest um I don't know. What would you call it? Designation? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm not quite hairy enough for a bear. You on the other hand are full-blown bear. You, oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely. You you are a a, you know, some sort of fancy gold necklace away from being full-blown bear. I mean, this this guy's got his style on point, and I I have to say, like, I was I was surprised and I was heartened. It it is a it's a music video all about uh, the celebration of uh, of my body type, and that's just something you don't necessarily see in media. Sure, the no, media and... is is directed at uh, a particular <laughs> subgroup that's that's not necessarily one that I'm part of. But still, right. it's nice to feel appreciated, <laughs> Derek. Absolutely. And, you know, it is odd to see <laughs> to see rotund fellas be celebrated because you, you do have like the, the budding, you know, the, the budding air of body positivity uh, in the women's culture and things like that. And it's beautiful and it is wonderful. I love it. Uh, what, what was the Megan Trainer song? Um all about that base. Yeah. Um, all about the base. No trouble. Yeah. Maybe that went a little too far, like to like only, you know, fat, fat girls are, are good. Like, you know, no, no, all girls are equally good. This is a celebration of the rotund body type that us as big fat boys, we do not get. So, um, <laughs> I thought on, the, on some level you would appreciate it, Derek, somewhere. <laughs> There's a lot of people that that think you're beautiful just the way you are. Yeah. But my confidence yeah. has been pretty good lately. So <laughs> honestly, I think everybody it, needs to feel pretty sometimes. Absolutely. And and uh what's name Big Dipper? You Big are Big Dipper. You are a beautiful beautiful son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. His his shit's on point too. I'm like Man, my beard is not nearly that crisp. How does he get them lines that sharp? Like I groomed my beard this morning, and my lines are are nowhere near as crisp as his, and it's and it's infuriating. It is now that you pointed it out, I am actually becoming a little bit upset. Like, <laughs> yeah, I need I need to know how this man gets his lines so clean. And apparently, like. Uh, white crew socks and Timberlands. That's the and and cut off jean shorts. Okay, I'm not sure I'm big on any of those things. <laughs> not not even like the 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 most innocuous of it, like the Timberlands with white crew socks. Like I am, I am not about that. Like, and it's not necessarily my aesthetic either. Like I, I get it, and I'm seeing it, and I'm like, okay, you guys have a thing going on, and and that's cool. Um, I will say, as far as like clothing goes, I have been trying to replace for years. I have been an adherent of plain black socks. Uh huh. Just, like athletic socks, black. Dress socks, black. And if, if every single sock I own is the same black sock, then I never have to worry about finding, you know, a correct pair of socks. Right. But uh, of late, I've decided that life's too short for ugly socks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I've, I've been sort of reaching out and I've been collecting colorful socks, interesting socks, stuff that's got, you know, like moose on it. Okay, that's not. I mean that that sounds pretty tasteful. Um, <laughs> Some of them have pizza. So, <laughs> okay, that no now that sounds like a bad idea because I know you're on a low carb diet, and look, I can't even I can't even 
have somebody think the thoughts of food around me when I am dieting. Like if, if I know that they're thinking about food, I'll know it and then I will want the food. So I can't have that. So like being able to look down and see my socks and then think of pizza, that simply, that simply will not do. It's sort of its own special torture, but then I can think of it as <laughs> I've allowed myself to have pizza. On your, on your dirty, nasty feet. In a way, oh. I've allowed myself to have pizza, Derek. Yeah, I'm. I'm certainly in the camp that socks are never really that important to me. And over the years, like for probably the last like ten years, I've had nothing but different variations of black socks. But unlike you, I did not stick to any semblance of uniformity. So. so my black socks, if I, sw- if I sw- uh, mix up one sock from one set and a sock from another set, it will be apparent if they're both seen at the same time. Oh, yeah, that's no good. That's no good, dude. Yeah. I should have planned further ahead. Now I have socks that, you know, they, they're slightly different, but it's, like, on the bottoms. So unless, like, somebody is, like, I don't know, give me a foot massage or something, which, you know, I mean, now that you're at the office, who knows what could happen. Just about anything other than that. <laughs> See, back back during my uniform sock days, Derek, I had thought ahead. And so for one year, everyone, I just had them get me the same set of <laughs> black gold did you, toe. Did you create a registry and the only thing on it was a hundred pairs of socks? Pretty much, Derek. <laughs> Oh, oh, that is this functional is, as hell. This <laughs> is using the old dome, because then I ended up with a whole bunch of pairs of the exact same sock. The only problem was later, when it when I sort of needed new socks, because eventually the socks will wear out. Right. I got the same brand, mm-hmm. same sock. They had changed okay. the manufacturing mm. and the style of the sock. Right. I was like, this is... This is the same ones. I even looked at the packaging. Like, I had to go back and find packaging and was like, is the packaging different? Did I buy the wrong... No, they just had changed sort of some of the styling of the sock. Like, it's now ribbed instead of uh, sort of a waffle. And I'm like, this will not do. This will not do. Yeah. And see, then you have to kind of... Then you kind of create the problem of if you want to, like, get back to your previous state of, I don't know... uh, Sock uniformity. (laughs) Sock uniformity, there we go. Uh, if you want to get back to that previous state, you then have to go and purchase like a hundred pairs of the the newly reformed sock. And, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's not even as good as the old sock. So then do you have to go and like find new brands of socks? I mean, that sounds like... That sounds terrible, and and I'm I'm not even really being facetious. Like once I find a piece of clothing that 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 a fits and b looks okay on my body, uh, if I have to go find another one, I'm not gonna catch lightning in a bottle twice. Like that that oh, will no. that will not happen again. So it's always gonna be a subpar version of the uh, of the previous good find. I mean, this is one of the major reasons why I, I sort of switched gears is my uniform sock plan had begun to fall uh, down around my ears. And, and since Would I was you say faced, there were some holes in your, in your sock plan? There were some holes in the sock plan, Derek. <laughs> and, and I just, you know, as I said, I realized life's too short and I can wear some pretty cool socks. Want to, uh, I can see that. Want to get to the deep dive, Derek? Yeah, let us do that. Uh, today on the deep dive, we're talking about getting hired. Now it's time for my Phoenix reference. <laughs> Frank, in just about two work weeks' time, you were laid off from your job, suffered in the crucible of unemployment, and like the mighty Phoenix, you have risen from the ashes to sit atop your throne once more. How does it feel to be back in the land of making a living? It it feels pretty good, Derek. It feels right. And by feels right, I mean I'm no longer worried about making the mortgage. Right. And that's, Which is, that's generally a good feeling. That is very important. What would you say, other than, other than being paid now, is the best thing about your new job? 
Mm-hmm. I would have to say the best thing about my new job, Derek, is mm-hmm. that on two different floors, we've got Coke dispensers that just <laughs> endless streams of delicious soda. So I was I was leading you a little bit there, but I see why you took a different route. I can I can say that for sure <laughs> working with me is usurped by having multiple sources of free soft drinks. So No, actually, <laughs> I mean our floor doesn't have one of the soft drink dispensers, so legit um my laziness trumps that. So I would have to walk <laughs> past you take an elevator, put in a key card code, and and walk uh, dozens of feet in order to, to get a soda, so I might as well just several stop at your dozen. Desk. Yeah, several dozen feet. So, no, so I, instead, I I'll just completely... stop and talk to you. <laughs> see, that's what I like to see. I am the... <laughs> I am the low-effort alternative to getting a soft drink. And if that's my my best claim to fame, I think that's okay. But you're helping me on my diet, Derek. That's that's the thing. I'm trying to cut back on the fizzy drink. Mm, yep. We do have a pretty uh pretty dope ass water machine and ice. They got that little little pellet ice in there. Yeah, so that I stuff's am, pretty good. I tried that at the end of the day. I am all for that. It just didn't um, seem big enough to actually have any ice in it. I, I actually looked at the machine for a minute, and then I looked around it like it was some sort of magic box. I was like, what witchcraft is this? You can't get ice from something this small. Where did they, Where is it stored? Where does it keep it? Is it creating the ice as I push the button? <laughs> is, it, is it materializing the ice from the ether as I press the button? I mean, the cryonics uh, required to make ice that quickly would be... I mean, we would have solved a lot of other problems that didn't involve giving me instant ice. Yes, there are better uses for that technology than that. Um, I, I, I love the thought that a not insignificant portion of your first day was figuring out how the fucking ice machine worked. <laughs> These are the important questions, Derek. All right, so that that kind of gets uh, into uh, probably the only real like discussion point I had is what are some of your first objectives when taking a new job? So it can either be you know what you plan to accomplish by taking the job, or physically when you're in the office, what are the first things that you kind of do uh, to get yourself settled? Well, I mean, I can honestly say that the objective is to get paid, right? Like that paper, obviously. What you do the dollar, first dollar day bills, is every every time you start a new job, it's it's pretty much the same. Your first day is going to be mostly tied up with doing paperwork in HR, mm-hmm. which some companies, the the one that we I just got hired at included, have have started streamlining that. I was actually filling out my hire paperwork before I got hired, right? Which was a neat trick. <laughs> I'm like, I'm filling out paperwork for y'all, and you're not paying me for this. Right. Well played. Well played. And you're it was getting techni- some free labor. Yeah, it was technically before the the uh, uh, the background check came back, right? So, like... Well, here's the thing. Uh-huh. So, the background check, I was fairly certain that I was going to have to get deposed by Mueller or something. <laughs> In order to to pass this fucking background check. Really? And I figure it must have came back fine. Well, then today Uh I get a message in the middle of the workday that they're wanting confirmation on a particular piece of information. Holy shit. And I'm like, (laughs) guys, I'm at the job. (laughs) I'm already in. You've already let me in. You can't take it away now. That That would be real... That would be mean. Like, I'm not even that mean. I'm not going to give somebody the job and then be like, hmm, actually. JK. <laughs> it's like a vampire. You've already invited Frank in. You can't You can't just make him leave. <laughs> it, it was a small thing. Like, one of the companies that I worked for has a uh, name that they do business under and then mm-hmm. an, an actual legal entity name. Right. And so, like, all of my W-2s are under the legal entity name, but... You you have to get like into their website to find out that the you know the company is actually a, a different legal entity altogether. 
Right. But so putting together your, your paperwork in HR, that's definitely an important uh, step. Step number two is getting your desk set up. And you spend right. a lot of time sort of putting your computer the way you want it, getting software installed. <laughs> and sometimes companies make this easy. And I'm going to go ahead and say if I had something to knock where I'm working at now, it's that there doesn't seem to be much in the way of like an organized methodology for that. So throughout the course of the day, I was finding out different pieces of software that apparently we use here. Right. And like, and I will say getting you know, those and, installed. And, yeah, and not just at, you know, not just at our company now. See how I did that? Used to, it was it was my company and your company, and then my company and your couch, and now it's our company. Ebony um, and Ivory. <laughs> um, so... Not just in, not just in the company that we work for. You know, there are a lot of different variations between like teams and companies uh, of how this works. And honestly, you know, I've been on a couple of teams where you jump in and day one I was you know developing. Like I've actually been on two different teams within the same company. Um, this this current company. Um, the first one it took a literal week to get to where I could pull down an item and start working on it, and and potentially check in code and things like that. Um, with the team that I got transferred to, you know, to the, the second team that I was on, it took probably, I don't know, four hours for me to sit down and actually start working. I mean, of course I had like my computer and, um, you know, visual studio and some other software already done, but you know, for me to actually like get all new access to these other systems and, and the code bases and all that kind of stuff, like I was up and working in, you know, the better part of three, four hours. So, um, that was a much more streamlined process, but yeah, I think all companies need to kind of work on their, their spin up process because there is that kind of this, this tribal knowledge of, okay, you know, here are the things we say we do. And you, you go around to every person in the team to collectively discover how things actually work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like you, you've been informed, uh, like right out of the gate, the first thing in order to enter the place where I work, <laughs> I have to use a door code, uh huh, which HR did not have access to. Oh, and what? I asked, <laughs> and I asked how how do I get access to my door code? Uh huh. And they were like, "We'll have to look into that for you." <laughs> But it will probably oh. be provided to you via email. Uh-huh. So I have to Which... enter this door to get to the computer. <laughs> that has the email. That has the email that will provide me the door code. And I'm like, hmm, I'm seeing a critical flaw in our yeah. workflow. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit chicken in the egg on that one. So it's not uh, not exactly a perfect process. <laughs> I will say, uh, compared to some of the stories uh, that I've heard, it is it is much better now. But yeah, okay. So we've discussed, you know, kind of getting your getting your bearings. Uh, you know, if you work in a computer style setting, uh, getting software installed, getting passwords and accounts and all this kind of stuff set up. Um, is there anything? And I know we've kind of touched on it a, a little bit from kind of a you know, soft skill standpoint, like how do you make friends and things like that. What are your interpersonal goals whenever you start a new job i mean my interpersonal goals when establishing dominance in a new place <laughs> of work are to wait a suitable amount of time observing my teammates for uh -huh. psychological weaknesses <laughs> that i can exploit in order to bend them to my will um I I wish that was less true than it was. Um, <laughs> I expect a little more goofing in that, but <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, sad but true. No, I mean, I've, it's a new team, so I've got to sit and I've got to figure out how they work together, what they do, what the people are like, what their personalities are like. And how I can do my job. And as I've said before, my job is, is a force multiplier. Right. So it, and most of my job consists of convincing people who think 
that they are the best at what they do, that there is a better way to do the things that they do. Right. That's not really an easy thing to do. Exactly. Yeah, so the, the, the whole uh, psychological profile is not too far from the truth, because may, maybe it's not uh, <laughs> purely to use their weaknesses against them, um, but it is to kind of trying to learn, uh, not not necessarily from a manipulative standpoint, but what buttons to push to get the, the outcomes that you want. And, <clears throat> you know, like I said, I've been on two teams in this current company. You know, the first team that I worked on, you know, most of the team had those kind of typical, um, re- you know, reward uh, or or uh, what's uh, input output responses. Like if I do this thing, they will respond this way. So you can kind of um, kind of gauge, you know, how you're supposed to approach things. And you know, typically, whenever I come into a team, you know, I want to I want to to help everybody get better, and I will never even come close to admitting or, or, you know, proposing that I am the smartest person in the room. Um, quite the opposite, really. Most of my career, I've been surrounded by developers that were far greater than I was. And that's why I have, you know, progressed to the point where I'm at. And, you know, whenever I come into a new job, like, I don't want to come in and just kick the doors off and say, all right, motherfuckers, here's how we do it. Because that's, I mean, A, that's going to make a bad impression on my part. But also, B, it's, I mean, it's normally not the right thing to do. It's um, going to warn them about what is coming <laughs> before you're prepared to strike. Right. right. And, and that's not that's not the best thing. You have to lay in wait and then strike at the, the right time. After you've gotten those things settled, though, probably the most important thing, and and I know that I don't necessarily want to be too on brand about it, but... <laughs> You got to scope out the best John. You absolutely do, and I will. I am going to cut you off here because that is also <laughs> on my list of the top three things to uh, to figure out when I first work in a new place. That is that is on the list of the top three, and we will cover that in our upcoming to be named Turlet episode in great morbid detail so <laughs> I, I honestly think that we should i'm i'm at least pitching uncle Derek's bathroom listener okay see now the only problem is is that some of our listeners may have never seen a magazine in person so like that may not be the best target audience but am i revealing my age here Derek? You may be like I am. I am on the backside of that. Like, <laughs> as the wave was crashing in on that phenomenon, it 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 lapped at my feet as it died. <laughs> so I was never fully within the wave of it. But we'll see. Name name pending, but we will cover how to pick your favorite toilet at work in the episode. I, definitely i've i've been looking forward in a strange sort of way kind of like when you're on a ship that's sinking and you know there's no way off it uh-huh and you kind of have a resignation and then you think well maybe this is the only opportunity i'm going to get to watch a ship sink from the inside <laughs> That's kind of how I'm looking forward to the bathroom episode. You know, Frank, I never pegged you as an optimist, but uh, it's that's a charming look on you. <laughs> and Frank, now that now that you're allowed in the building, uh, we can use my code for it to, to go up. But uh, do you want to take the elevator to accounting together? I would love to take the elevator to accounting together, mostly because I've got to have them figure out my direct deposit. All right, Derek, you want to get to the review retrospective? I would love to. Fun podcast, five stars. 
by one Delvin one two three. Very fun podcast that also is helpful as it talks about the hustle of work life. That's it. I like it was short, it was sweet, it was five stars, and it talks about the hustle. You know we hustle. <laughs> uh I'm not sure we hustle anywhere, Frank. I mean maybe the trundle. <laughs> we talk we talk about the trundle of of work life. <laughs> For a while there, I was afraid that I was going to have to get a side hustle to make ends meet. Uh-huh. But I'm not much of a criminal. Uh, and come to find, like, selling legal drugs is just not all that profitable. Uh, no one wants black market <laughs> Tylenol. I was about to say, like, ibuprofen and shit. <laughs> come on, man, I'll save you a trip to the drugstore. Got that good shit, 200 milligrams. Mm. These are coated. These are the caplets. Time release. <laughs> None of that tablet bullshit here. You know you want that, that delayed, mild pain relief. I got your baby aspirin. <laughs> Next up, top-notch working-class comedy. Five stars. By Hildesaw. These guys are great. The premise is super relatable for most people. Everybody has to deal with a bad boss or stressful deadlines. And Frank and Derek turn that stress on its head for some good laughs. And any podcast that suggests seizing the means of production is a 10-10 in my book. (laughs) Power to the people, Hildesaw. Nice. Yeah, uh, the only thing is, once again, somebody called us working class. I hey, mean, that's okay, because we have, uh, we're part of the proletariat. Uh-huh. Uh, we unity. <laughs> I, I guess it is kind of a, if you're not the bourgeoisie, you're the proletariat, so I, I, I'm fine with that designation, because we are, I am certainly... Uh, there ain't nothing bougie about me, so... I'm gonna have to check the paycheck when I get my first paycheck, and I'll let you know whether I have have managed to reach the bougie level, <laughs> or if I'm still <laughs> firmly in the proletariat. So is there a certain, like, like uh, monthly salary that you, you then receive your, your bourgeoisie, what is it, uh, membership card in the mail? Like, you, I you haven't gotten one yet. You get it in the mail. Okay, okay. I had it for about five minutes, uh, and then they took it and they cut it up because it was issued by mistake. <laughs> I mean, you're closer uh. than most, Derek, because part of it is like there's a checkbox for whether or not you have a small dog that you can carry around in a purse. That is true. I mean, can is the operative word. I can do that, but I I shouldn't because. Uh, our, our dog does not like strangers. Fuck. It doesn't like people it knows. Like it is pretty. <laughs> My dog barely likes me. <laughs> I mean, uh, unless it's like food time, typically, typically the, the Chihuahua doesn't, doesn't give two fucks. Not, not because like, you know, this is not a, a Chihuahua thing. Like this is just, just deep apathy towards me, like in general. So that's fine. Um, occasionally when she wants some pets, she'll come over and roll over and just fucking destroy my shirt with hair. So I got that to look forward to. <laughs> See, like that's cats are, I have cats and cats are definitely firmly proletarian. M- much less about seizing the means of productions, more, more, uh, you know, they're, they're interested in knocking it off the table is typically. I'm not sure if cats are communist or if they're just Luddites. Uh, anything that they can tell electricity is coursing through just push it right they just want to push it right off the table and see it destroyed all right derek you want to uh head on over to our favorite segment i would love to and if you would hit that theme music on the way there's a big red button for it derek Gather round, kitties, let me spin you a tale Of audio adventure from two fat guys so pale 
We found these shows and we laughed till we pooed And we've got a feeling that you'll like them too The Indie Podcast Corner Alright, it is time for the Indie Podcast Corner. In this segment, we take a few minutes to tell you about a new podcast that we've been enjoying that we think you'll enjoy too. This one is going to be a real treat. <laughs> the featured show this week is the Karaoke Big E podcast. <laughs> the hosts are Big E and Kevin, and this show is exactly what it sounds like. It is an it is actually a karaoke podcast. <laughs> it's they take songs relevant to their guests or song suggestions from listeners. And the hosts and guests take turns singing along to the songs. And it is fucking magical. Uh, I'm not going to say that they are like the best singers. I think they, they admit that they have uh, definitely, you know, they've got some, some things they could work on just like all of us. I mean, fuck, you just heard the Indie Podcast Corner theme song like two minutes ago. Uh, there, we, we share that. We are kindred spirits in that, in that respect, but no, they fucking belt it and it is amazing. And there's lots of like funny stuff in between. Like there, there's lots of joking and banter and things like that. And it is, it is hilarious. Um, (laughs) it's a, it's a hilarious mixture of comedy and art and you absolutely will be in tears by the end of it, either by laughing until it hurts or by being moved by the beautiful singing. <laughs> Derek, uh-huh. I have doubts. Doubts I, about what, Frank? I don't know if... Tell me what there is not to love about your favorite thing about your hometown dive bar. What is not to love about that? <laughs> oh, Oh, it's not that, Derek. It's that... It's been so long since I've been able to have someone who's willing to sing the entirety of Meatloaf's I Would Do Anything for Love. I've been hurt before, Derek. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was thinking about it because uh, I've been listening for a while and they are they are fantastic. And I was thinking about it. I was like, probably the only song that I would actually feel like, I don't know. That that I really have that I really deserve or or have the um the right to to sing on there would be like you know just got dunked on by Froggy Fresh, which is a lesser known YouTube rapper that the the whole song is about them playing you know two on two basketball in the driveway and he dunks on one of his friends and the guy starts crying. It's a beautiful song. It's very moving. Um it but that may touching, be the, Derek. that may be the only thing that I have the right to to cover. Um I did promise them and it was a a legally binding agreement that I would not actually karaoke during the spot. So we're we're going to have to to skip that for now. But who knows? <laughs> maybe maybe Frank and I will suck our way onto the podcast and you can hear us just belt out beautiful tunes. What do you? How do you? How do you like that, Frank? I mean, Derek, I would do anything for love. <laughs> Am I getting the feeling that your karaoke would be more of a spoken word rendition? <laughs> I mean, Shatner belong to the same karaoke group. You learned all your greatest hits from him. Exactly. Oh. No, maybe maybe we'll do it one of these days. I it's uh, not necessarily something that uh, I reveal about myself very often. Uh huh. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, I'll I'll put in uh, I'll put in a word with the Big E. Uh, once again, that is the Karaoke Big E podcast. You can find them on Twitter at fuck. This one's gonna be tough. Um, essentially, it's karaoke, but the word "big" is between the K and the E. 
I'm sorry. That's the best I can do. Karaoke Big E podcast. Go check them out. Yes, I would do anything for love. But I won't do that. See, that wasn't bad. I was expecting some sort of like... I mean, I've certainly heard worse. Like, I expected like some sort of like, uh, I don't know, like car indigestion noise of some sort. Like... (laughs) Just grinding gears. I opened my mouth to sing... And it just, <laughs> just the sound of escaping hellscapes. Like that's, that's really the kind of, uh, kind of theme I thought your singing might go for. He opened his mouth to sing and it was like the sound of angle grinders on kittens. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> oh. Testing. Can anyone hear me? My name is Toby, and I'm the host of the Secret Transmission Podcast. We are a show that discusses the paranormal, conspiracies, the supernatural, UFOs, cryptozoology, and anything else weird. Our show is transmitted to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. You can also follow us on Twitter for updates, at Secret Transpod. So get ready to put on your tinfoil hats and come learn with us as we try to explain the unexplainable. All right, Derek, time for an audience question. I am so ready. Is it worth it to DIY, do it yourself, all the time, or sometimes should you just spend the money and have someone make the thing professionally? That this is while I'm sitting at my dining room table writing out all the table cards for my friend's wedding. From Busy at Brook Reading. Hmm. Hmm. Now see, Derek, as a homeowner, <laughs> I have discovered <laughs> that my skill at doing things is, is pretty much inversely proportional to the amount of money that it costs, as, as okay. one would expect. But also that I am not necessarily, uh, it, I haven't gotten my bouge card yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there's a lot of DIY that goes on at this house. Uh-huh. And it's not necessarily good DIY. Right. It is. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a like a funny goof on, on DIY. Um, DI-try, maybe? DI-try? Mm. Nah, I mean, you DI tried and failed there, bud. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right, well, you fucking do one. What's a, give me a good, funny goof on DIY. I mean, I, I can't necessarily think of a big goof on DIY. That's why I didn't do it. But you're going to fucking roast me for for my attempt. My, my honest to God attempt at... At some sort of wordplay portmanteau, and you're just gonna shit on it. God. This is this is a lesson for you, Derek. <laughs> You've now learned that to criticize is always much easier than to perform. <laughs> oh, truer words were never spoken. So, I, at one point, I owned a house, and uh, Derek had a, a few moments of complete stupidity when he thought boy owning a house would be cool and very quickly uh started cursing past Derek as when he moved into the home he realized he was on the hook for every fucking thing in that property um like seriously the best thing i can do is like tighten a wiggly doorknob that that is the 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 height of my DIY prowess. Hey, and brother, I have a doorknob in the house that literally fell the fuck apart when I tried to fix it. <laughs> apart. Into like multiple even... pieces. Wow. I thought it was a solid doorknob, and apparently there was some of it that could come off. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess that that's an interesting way to figure that out, but uh, then I guess that prompts a, a fairly rapid 
uh, depending on the outward, uh, the outward proximity of the door, you, you may be in a, a pretty quick trip to Lowe's to try to get a new one. Um, but no, I, you know, I think that in the, in the span of our, th- I think, I think, I guess it was like three years. We owned the home for three years and I probably fixed, I'm going to be generous and say two things. And like in that time, our, uh, our windows weren't sealed properly. Um, so we had like a bunch of leaking and that let in a bunch of mold. And so we had mold in our master bedroom. We had mold in our, in our office. And this was a new house. Like this started brand fucking new. Um, we had, uh, a saggy roof because there was a beam between two, two trusses that was getting weak. Uh, and wasn't supported correctly. Our fucking, uh, our AC died one day because, uh, the, the little panel for some reason just like shot, (laughs) shot electrical fire directly up to the AC unit. And, uh, that $35, $40 piece of shit, uh, nearly fried the whole thing. But luckily somebody thought it wise to put like a fail safe to where, you know, (laughs) Sure, if this thing fails, it may cause an electrical fire and burn the house down, but if it doesn't, it's going to save you a bunch of money. So <laughs> uh, so did you check around, Derek, to make sure that it wasn't on a Native American burial we ground? Di- we didn't. We didn't, but we should have. And I was so mad that uh, <laughs> I, you know, I know you're goofing here. But there was literally a a point at which we were getting the house inspected where I had the thought of, what if this is on a burial ground and nobody told me? Because I've seen the poltergeist. I know what bad shit can happen. Uh, If if Coach What's-His-Fuck can't handle (laughs) the spooks inspectors that come out because of being on a Native American burial ground, I don't think any (laughs) of us have a chance. Yeah, for me, like, I, I keep thinking, you know, I go into it and I go, this seems like it's going to be difficult. And then I get a quote for it and I go, well, I think I can do it myself. But then I it mean, rapidly this... turns into DIY. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's. See, it's hard, isn't it, Derek? It's hard. It's difficult to make a pun on DIY. And and it's, and it's a fucking homonym. Like you you just, to the people who don't, who didn't know that you were trying to make wordplay. They just thought you said DIY real weird. That's not. Oh God. They can't all be winners, Derek. Clearly not. (laughs) But here's the thing, Derek. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to take out my boner. Leave yours in the podcast. <laughs> okay, there are two things wrong with that <laughs> sentence. First off, uh, you can't edit it to make me look to to make me look dumb. I do that plenty myself. <laughs> the second thing, there was too long a pause after you said, "I'm gonna take out my boner." <laughs> you phrasing. <laughs> Oh God. And like my brain shut down for, it (laughs) felt like, it felt like that pause between boner and you continuing to talk was like five minutes because I was thinking, (laughs) where are we going, Frank? (laughs) You've already talked about taking out your boner. So (laughs) there's nowhere to go, but up, I suppose. (laughs) And suddenly Derek regretted asking to do this via video chat. <laughs> That's uh maybe not maybe not the best time to do that. Um I think I kind of got us off on a topic of uh specifically like home improvements type of shit. Um so the the question asker was was talking about you know doing your own like invitations and shit like that. I don't know. It it, it really depends on the amount of time it's going to take to do something because I am a very strong proponent of of two things. First of all, first of all, if I'm going to do it myself, 
I'm going to make sure that I couldn't have like gone and worked at Burger King and made the money that it would have taken me to pay somebody else to not spend that time doing the thing. And if, if I figure out that like, you know, my, my hour or 10 or 15, you know, w- would have only saved me like 10, 20 bucks. Fuck that. I am, I'm spending the cash. Like that is, <laughs> there's no second thought about it. The second, I guess, is you know the more obvious one of like, if you actually have the cash to spend, like, I guess if you don't have a hundred bucks to spend, like it doesn't matter how much, you know, how much time it takes, like at that point, you've got more time than money. So <laughs> anything that you produce is better than getting nothing produced that you would have had to pay for. I mean, I'm, I'm with you there, Derek. At the same mm-hmm. time, I have been to parties where people have purchased a cake from a person that makes professionally cakes. Okay. And I've also seen nailed it. Um, and i'm willing to go ahead and shell out the cash because i know my personal baking skills sure pretty well and i i don't necessarily have the hubris to suggest to myself that i am going to make that beautiful unicorn cake yeah yeah because that that is the thing of like Looking at something, it's kind of the, the, the Dunning-Kruger effect. Like, you look at that cake and say, that don't look so bad. That's because you don't know fuck all about baking. <laughs> you don't realize how difficult it's going to be. Uh, then the second you start having to, like, roll out that fondant and, and measure, like, exact, like, you know, to the molecule, like exact right measurements of weights of the sugar and the flour and one extra grain of, of flour and the things in a fucking collapse. Like that's when you realize, Oh, I done goofed. <laughs> Maybe I should have done bought that unicorn cake for the bakery for a thousand dollars. All right, Derek, want to get to an issue from the internet? Let us do that. So I thought this one was a little bit topical to something that you and I kind of uh, had a, a brief uh, back and forth about earlier in the day. Okay. Uh, so this one is by Peachy Pesco. So Peachy Pesco says, Open Office is making me lose my mind. And no, he's not talking about the uh, the free freeware. suite. No, not the, not the freeware application to replace Microsoft Office. Uh, he is talking the open office floor plan. I absolutely hate that open office is being considered the one size fits all solution recently. I don't talk to my coworkers because people are constantly being distracted and trying to do work, and it's not really conducive to any bonding. I barely see my manager because she's always working from home or escaping to one of our two silent privacy rooms. We also don't have enough desks. So I'm sitting sandwiched between my coworkers. I feel like we never talk and are always staring at each other's screens. It's weird to socialize when everyone in the whole office can stare, can stare at you. Uh, anyone else feel this issue? Anyone know of any workplace that offers privacy? So, <laughs> so this person is not, uh, not a big proponent of the open open floor plan office. And for anybody that doesn't know, there is a difference between a kind of closed, uh, enclosed space office, which is like high cubicle walls, like lots of privacy. Everybody kind of has their own space. And then you have different kind of variations to the other extreme, which is basically think of the, like the desk version of like horse feeding troughs where everybody is just essentially on the same, you know, long table, like around the rooms or in rows in the, in the rooms. And those are like the, the maximum open floor plan where literally there are no walls, like no walls whatsoever on the entire floor. Um, this person is not a big fan of that. And (laughs) and for a few glorious years, Derek, I had a door. Uh huh. And walls that went, to the ceiling like walls that went all the way up (laughs) 
And since then, my uh, I believe my life has been a series of steadily decreasing walls. Uh huh. I had I had beautiful <laughs> walls that went to the ceiling. Uh huh. And then I had a place where I worked that had um I would say they were probably six foot tall cube walls. Like I could still kind of see over them, but they were a reasonable height. They were they were eighty percent Frank walls. <laughs> three three quarter Frank walls. <laughs> At the next place that were about chest high. Uh-huh. Like I could they were I could lean my arms on them and sort of cross my arms and talk to people. Right. And now I can walk into the wall and touch my belt buckle on it, I think. <laughs> uh yeah. They're 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 a little lower. I, I would say they're probably would you say one half walls at best at best like I, I honestly yeah. think they're a little lower than that like when i'm sitting in the seat i can <laughs> see anywhere in the office yeah that's a little bit different uh for you than everybody else because like when when i sit at my desk uh, a i kind of have a little bit of a, a little bit of a low rider going on to begin with so like i'll kind of jack the seat down a good bit so i'm already a little bit lower and you know i'm not nearly as tall as you are so between those two things i can't see you know my neighbors over the walls but i can i can see how that might be might be problematic for you yeah derek <laughs> i can i can see everything you do <laughs> and you sit on the other side of the floor from me See, but that, you know, that that's part of the thing that I think that uh that this guy is is kind of missing the point. Um or maybe it's that the open office kind of idea is not really being thoroughly applied at this workplace because the thing is is that, you know, part of the thing about the closed floor plan is that you you don't get to see anybody's like screens, like you don't ever get to see anybody. You always assume that people are working. And by and large, that is far from the truth. Like people, people have cubicles, um, both in equal parts to, so people don't see them when they're, you know, just fucking around and for people not to bother them when they do actually decide to work by and large, those are the, the two scenarios. Um, and they can kind of flip, flip and flop throughout the day. But, uh, with the open floor plan, like everybody can see everybody's monitors. Like it is a... You know, there is not really hiding anything. So you kind of get this whole, you know, look, everybody's going to get on Facebook occasionally. Everybody's going to flip over to, you know, to read some news or check Reddit or something occasionally. And there's that kind of accountability of, yeah, everybody can see my screen. Make sure, you know, A, make sure I don't look at it at anything that could possibly pass for porn. Like that is, that is, that is number one, no porn. Uh, number two, I look at some stuff that would turn your hair white, Derek, (laughs) in the office on the regular. Uh, don't, don't say that out loud. You still got like another 89 days before (laughs) I got my vig from you. So you better, you better act right. Frank Eastman. Uh, no, but here's the thing. So, like, in his work, Discipline and Punish, Michel Foucault put forward uh, the this thing called the Panopticon. Okay. And it is sort of used in a prison setting uh-huh. that if you have a central observing station and every single prison cell is completely visible to that station... Uh-huh. And the prisoners within the cells cannot see the observer, but know that at any point the observer can be watching them. Their behavior will be improved because at any point they could be observed. That's sort of the theory. And it doesn't necessarily work, one. And then two, it is for prison. <laughs> And we don't necessarily want our workplaces to be prison. It doesn't actually increase productivity in any way, shape, or form. Uh-huh. And this has been borne out by studies. Like, there are studies that pretty firmly prove at this point we've been doing the open floor plan thing long enough 
that it actively decreases productivity of workers. In actuality, why we do open floor plans and why open floor plans are so popular is because they're very cheap. Right. And I mean, I, I can certainly... I can certainly see that. And and as somebody who has by and large been a, a proponent of the you know kind of open floor plan concept, um, I will readily admit that there are uh, there are lots of extra distractions whenever you are in an open floor plan. Um, I think we talked about it at some point during some other podcast episode, but like, you know, if if there's something in the corner of my eye that you know moves somewhat infrequently, it will break my concentration every time it does. Um, so being like pointed towards the window where there are like birds and bugs outside, not, not the best scene for me, but that's, you know, it's not a huge deal. Um, so I can see the distractions and, and all that kind of stuff, but, but by and large, like I, I enjoy the, <laughs> the act of being able to, to be reached by or, to reach my coworkers at any given time, you know, without having to like feel like I'm intruding on their, their, their office basically. And you know, traditionally in, in some of my other offices, there have been uh, multiple instances where like we talked about before, I could just shout over the cubicle wall and, you know, kind of get my, uh, my question answered or things like that. That was, that was kind of cool. Doesn't always work in practice, especially now that I'm in a uh, kind of like, instead of just being like one big team, like there are multiple smaller teams in, in my group, you know, people aren't necessarily listening for that anymore. Like a lot of, uh, a lot of heavy headphone use. So you still kind of have to like go around and, and, you know, kind of almost like you're knocking on their door, but you're knocking on their kind of cubicle partition. So, Oh yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's what happens is, and, and that's what's going I feel to my argument disintegrating as I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> like I feel like I'm, like I'm talking myself out of the open floor plan. <laughs> I was, I was in the office for about an hour and a half and then I got on Amazon and I made a purchase <laughs> for some fairly nice noise canceling headphones. Right. Because just, you know, as I've said, my head is stuck way up above, so every (laughs) single noise that goes on in the office, anywhere in the office, is going directly into my head holes. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. And uh, it's not like a Friday, so there wasn't even any foosball happening. So when when that gets going... Yeah, I'm waiting for the foosball. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I can see the problems. Um, I, I do have a, a, a particular problem with their implementation that, that the uh, the question asker is asking. Uh, we also don't have enough desks, so I'm sitting sandwiched between my coworkers. The mental image that that brings forth is Two astounding. big guys that smell a lot like pastrami. Uh-huh. And a, a smaller uh, guy who wants nothing more than to do work uh, is sandwiched between two guys <laughs> just face fucking themselves with subway sandwiches while watching Twitch that. <laughs> and, and this bears out like the reason for the open floor plan is not any sort of gains in productivity or people being more able to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. We're just too fucking cheap to buy enough desks. <laughs> like that's what's going on there. But you know, I have actually had, I've actually had some open floor plan arrangements that that I feel I don't know. I guess we're getting into opinion and speculation, but I, I feel like their implementation ended up costing more than the previously existing like cubicle walls. Cause I mean just like physical you know, physical construction, like the the walls they had before, they were high, but they were very thin, they were very shitty. I mean, maybe it was like we we want to replace everything because it sucks. So if we go with the the open floor plan, we have to replace it with less stuff. Whereas if we actually do it right with the the closed stuff, like it's going to cost like a ton more. Maybe maybe that was it. But um, yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I fucked myself with this question because I am a I am a huge proponent of the open floor plan, and suddenly I'm like, is it really good? Is it? 
That's right. Am Derek. I wrong? We work together now, so I can continue learning you on things. <laughs> you can continue to indoctrinate me on all the ways that I am wrong. Oh. Wanna punch the clock? Yeah, that's just about enough work for a single day. <laughs> work that we have done together. <laughs> together again. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you'd like to support us, you can buy us a coffee or two at bit.ly forward slash W-L-I-K-O-F-I. That is W-L-I coffee. You can also visit our merch store at bit.ly forward slash W-L-I merch. If you have any questions you'd like for us to answer on air, send them to questions at WLICast.com. You can visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash WLICast and on Twitter at WLNBalance and use the hashtag WLICast. This has been the Work Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. And I'm a very happy Derek Lewis with my buddy Frank Eastman. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you. Oh. <laughs> it's a heartwarming episode, Derek. It's like a Christmas special. <laughs> well, the Christmas is my picture. Oh.